My name is Nick Vujicic and I love traveling around the world, fishing, golfing and swimming. I love living life. If God can cause a man without arms and legs to smile, then God can definitely cause us to be thankful and to hang on to the hope that we have. Well, guess what? I asked God for arms and legs. He didn't give me arms and legs. I thought that He needed to do a miracle in my life before I could relate to somebody and bring them to the knowledge of Christ. But God told me in my heart, Nick, you are the miracle. mistakes you are more than the problems you create you've been remade you are more than the choices that you've made you are more than the sum of your past mistakes you are more How many of you have seen this guy before? I mean, this guy is absolutely awesome. Two weeks ago, I saw his book, and I'm always trying to find books like this, and I got his book, and I was reading it, and then uh, just got inspired, and I want to inspire you today. I want to talk to you today about take courage, because a lot of times we get so down, and I'm not downplaying what we're going through, but praise God that we are here today, and we have our arms and our legs. We have a lot to be thankful for, and we so concentrated on the number of things that are going wrong in our lives, but yet there's so many wonderful things that are going, in my, are going great in our lives. I, I pre, what I appreciate about this, Brother Nick, is one of his greatest scriptures is Isaiah 40. He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. And he said, you can be an eagle with no wings. Because he says, if I can soar in my attitude... And if I can soar in my thoughts and I can soar in my words in encouraging and helping other people, then I'm soaring like an eagle. I just don't have wings. And I read a few things that I wanted to share that he wrote, things that he said. He said, life without limits, born with no arms, no legs, yet I'm not constrained by my circumstances. He said, all I've ever wanted was to fit in and I'd hit the wall. And he went through years of depression, tried to commit suicide, a few things. And he said, I find behind my struggles, there was purpose for my life. Listen to this. Despite my physical limitations, I'm living as though I have no limits. Now, if a guy like that who wakes up the way you saw every day. Now, he has a pair of shoes in his closet because he believes God can heal him. But yet God spoke to him and said, you're the miracle that's going to bring miracles to others' lives. And so he said, he said, I'm officially disabled, but I'm truly enabled because of my lack in limbs. When he was born, his dad ran out of the room because he couldn't stand the sight when he saw the baby delivered and they hid it from the mother. And when they finally got it ready to bring Nick to see his mother, she, she looked at him and rejected him and didn't want to hold him for weeks. When they would send her flowers, she send the flowers back. She says, I don't deserve flowers. I had a baby like that. He, Nick said, when I was born, I wasn't celebrated. I was mourned. But yet the Lord gave the parents the grace to have a vision for that child. And he would come home discouraged because they would make fun of him at school. And he wanted to be like other kids. And his mom and dad said, his mama would say, Nick, 
You may be lacking a few nuts and bolts here and there, but boy, you got what it takes. And he would pick back up and go on. He, he uh, said, life is an adventure still to be written and so is yours. Dark thoughts would overcome me. God, why didn't you give me an arm? I'll never be able to have a girl to hold. I'll never be able to hug my wife or my own child. Who would hire me for a job like this? Life seems so cruel and the bad breaks just pile up. Life has no meaning and no hope except for faith. He said he looked for happiness where he could find it and he would take it. Say take it. That popped out at me. He would look for happiness where he could find it and he would take it. He said God doesn't make mistakes. He makes miracles and I'm one. What is your hope? It's the voice of your purpose. It speaks to you and reassures you that whatever happens, you don't have to let it live within you. You can let hope and purpose drive it to you. And then he, his, uh, the scripture I got was Psalms 31, 24. Uh, it says, be strong and let your heart take courage. Say, take courage. Let your heart take courage, all of you who wait for the Lord. And I looked at the message. It says, be brave and be strong. Don't give up. Expect God to get here soon. And it's amazing. You know, I started reading this book. And as you know, they got this new movie that started Friday about this girl who had, she got attacked by a tiger shark and she had her arm taken off. Well, she's the one who was in the, a video a while ago. She taught him to surf. He always wanted to surf. And so they duct taped some towels on his surfboard, and she took him out there. And uh, he, he fell in about seven times, but he knew his dad taught him how to hold his breath and swim. And so they went out there, and he looked at her, and he says, you know, between the two of us, there's only three limbs, and you've got all three. And finally, on the seventh time, he was able to scoot up on that towel and sit down and ride the wave. And in two hours, he rode more than 21 waves. And uh, when, as they were going, they were surfing him and this girl who lost her arm. He would jump from his board to her board as they were surfing. I mean, this guy is just awesome. It's like he's the only non-surfer who, who made the front page and the cover of Surfer Magazine. While he was learning to uh, surf, the owner of Surf Magazine came up and said, Whoa, dude, you're stoked. And he says, Yeah, dude, I'm really stoked. I love to surf. And he made the cover of Surf Magazine with no arms and no legs. But, and he's done all these things. But this girl who got her arm, she's at the movie right now. She got her arm taken off and she immediately lost 70% uh, of her blood. And he tells her story in here because they're friends. She lost 70% of her blood and they put her in the hospital and she was, of course, just about dead. But the ambulance driver kept speaking in her ear. The Lord said he'll never leave you or abandon you. And he said that the entire 45-minute drive to the hospital. She was just about dead when they got to the hospital. And they went in, and all the surgeons were occupied. And uh, everybody was prepped for surgery, and there was no way for anybody to do surgery. But there was a man. Listen to this. Listen to this. There was a man there who had been prepped and getting ready to go in for knee surgery. And guess who it was? Her dad. And her dad said, forget me. Take her in. It just so happened it was all timed out by God that her dad was there to give his place with the surgeon up so she could get operated on. Listen, three weeks later, she was surfing again. And in fact, she did the women's uh, championship and she came out number three with the top women surfers all around the world. And you can just read so many stories. I won't read it all. Life with no limits. You could read these different stories and just get inspired and just, you know, I can take hope. If he could take hope and wake up to not have an arms or legs any day, if he could wake up and he's just bound, what he calls, all he's got is that little, what he calls a chicken foot. And the kids, one little kid said, can I chew on it? And, and the, the, he, had, he had toes that were fused together but they separated. That's how he learned to grab a pen and computer and everything else. Listen, if he could learn to do all of that with just two little toes on a chicken foot with no arms and no leg, what's our excuse for giving up and saying, I'll never be able to. I hate my life. How can we say that? We may not have everything, but we have hope. And you look at what you can find to take joy and you take hope in. And, and I want to share this scripture because as I read his book, it encouraged me. Proverbs 24, verse 10, and I pray and encourages you. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. 
The message says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Wow, that's strong. I got a pro. You know what? I have a crisis when I, I got 10 toes. Right? Yeah. I got 10 toes. And I have a crisis when I hit it on the bed at night. This guy's got two toes. And he goes all over the world on mission trips preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He got up on a desk and preached at the Glass Cathedral there in California. I mean, this guy does not stop. And yet, so many little things just come, cause us to fall to pieces and come to a crisis. And the Bible says, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm trying to wake you up that there is a strength to get into you and get you over. Because we could complain about so many things. I don't know about you, but Jesus said, uh, I know you know this. Jesus said, the winds and the rain's going to beat against your house. Troubles and storms are going to come. And I want you to know, we're talking about crisis here. Don't you wish you could just handle crisis situations like you do for a lunch appointment? No, I don't have time today. Here, maybe I can take that crisis come Monday at 10 o'clock, but, but not today. I can't take that crisis today. Have you ever wanted to schedule your crisis? How many, know, how many have ever been blindsided? Man, I want a divorce. I'm leaving home. Your child's gone. Your grandchild's gone. It's all over the news. All these different things, the job, the pink slip, all these little different things coming up and you're going, oh my God, what am I going to do? And that's when you've got to realize, he said, if you fall to pieces, there's a strength that is able to put you back together again. He's not talking about, yeah, praise God. He's not talking about not having the strength and falling to pieces and staying there. But he's talking about having the power about to put yourself back together again. A few years ago, my wife was blindsided uh, with our two youngest boys in the back seat. They were small then when we first moved here to uh, Pineville. And she was blindsided and the car got totaled and glass, she, she has a little scar, you can't see it. Glass got in her face, she broke her thumb, you know, and uh, didn't, you know, just blindsided and just messed it all up. And they put a cast on her thumb and taped her face up. And, and one good thing that happened through that is that I had thumbs up no matter what I did that month. You know, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. And she was a trooper through it all, you know. And that doc, God sent the right doctor to sew up, you know, where the glass had cut her face. And, uh, you know, I mean, did some plastic surgery while he was doing it and all that. No, no, you didn't do that. Didn't have to. But God is able to help you handle when these crisis situations come and you're blindsided and you don't know what to do about it. But thank God we've got Jesus. Amen. Now, I know each and every one of us say, well, you know, I just don't have the education to get a better job. I just don't see how I can have the future in the thing that I'm doing. And the thing about it is you got to realize that God is not depending upon your natural talent. He's able to do things beyond your wildest imagination and beyond what you could even think or dream, the Bible says. How many of you have ever heard of that great painter, uh, uh, Rembrandt, Rembrandt? You know Rembrandt? Anyway, Rembrandt, is it Rembrandt? Rembrandt. I got his name right here. Anyway, you know, he was that famous painter. Well, how many of you have seen something about his paintings? Well, listen to this. This guy, Rembrandt, I'm going to call him Rembrandt. Anyway, he, he won't care. Anyway, he had an eye that went that way. You've ever seen some people that look straight at you, but they got an eye looking that way, and you don't know which one to look at? I could go, I, 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 I have some, we have some family with that, but they got fixed, thank God. But anyway, you've seen somebody who had an eye looking straight at you, and the other eye was going that way? Well, that was his problem. Here's this famous painter. Don't you know he was teased, and people thought, what do you, what do you want to do when you're, when, when, which eye do I look at? Which I, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a painter. You want to be a painter? Well, how are you going to paint? You got one bad eye. Guess what? Because of that one bad eye, he could see in two and three dimensions. And his paintings would come out two and three dimensional. And this is what the person from Harvard said. His life illustrates that disabilities are not always disabilities. They may be assets to another realm. Where America is today may just be an asset to another realm. 
for our nation. Where many of us are and things we see and things we hear, things you're going through, just may be a place for you to go into a new realm. The Bible says in Joel chapter 3.10, and you need to write this down. Joel chapter 3 verse 10. I don't have the scripture because I, I just looked it up. It says, let the weak say they're strong. Let the weak say. Say with me, say. Let the weak say they're strong. The living Bible says, it's time to train weaklings into warriors. The message translation says, say. So say it with me. Say. I'm tough. I'm a fighter. Amen. You're tough. You're a fighter. And that's one thing you've got to realize is that you may say, I don't feel very tough. Well, just keep saying it. I don't feel like much of a fighter. Keep saying it. You know, sometimes you need some umph in life. I remember my pastor, Pastor John Osteen, used to tell the story that when he went to school, there was a bully that one day was writing down, uh, making a list. And so the guys came around and says, what you doing? He says, I'm writing down the name of everybody I can whip in this school. And here comes... I call him Raymond because I had a guy in my class, his name was Raymond, it reminded me of him. Here comes this little guy, he goes, what you doing? He says, I'm writing down everybody I can whip. And this little fellow looked up and saw his name and threw that notebook and says, I'll prove to you, you can't whip me. The guy says, wait a minute, and he raised his name off the list. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to speak up and say, devil, I'm a fighter. Devil? I'm a fighter. You're not going to win. I'm not going to give in just because you say you can beat me up. This situation's not going to be the end of my life. This is not going to be a failure in my life. But let the weak say, shout it out. I'm strong. Shout it out again. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm strong. Look at your other neighbor. Tell him, I'm strong. There's another scripture that says, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now listen, this, ain't an this, is, this is not an illusion. The word of God says, let the weak say I am strong. Train weaklings into warriors. That's what God is doing in the word and that's what God wants to do. Now, one of the things I want to share with you, I shared with you last week. It says, in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. I want to talk to you a few moments because it says, let the weak say they are strong. I want to talk to you about the language of the strong. If we're going to be strong and we're going to be fighters, we're going to have to learn to be fighters. We're going to have to say what we mean and mean what we say. We're going to have to speak the word and we have to continue to let the words of God be upon our mouth. We can't speak the word one day and expect something to change if it doesn't happen tomorrow and stop changing the conversation the way we talk and start talking things about down and negative. We got to say, I am strong. And you may not feel strong. You may be addict. You may be under circumstances. You may be feeling given up. But you're going to have to say, let the weak say, I am strong. I want to share some scriptures that I, I read before coming in here uh, that I have uh, with me all the time you can tell it's an old piece of plate paper but i anoint my mouth and my tongue every time i confess this and I, I wanted to just share it with you it says here isaiah 54 through 5 the lord god has given me the tongue of the learned every time before i come in here i'm confessing this and when i read tongue i anoint my tongue with oil the lord god i'm speaking from him and for him to you the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary or without strength he awakens me morning by morning he awakens my ear and then I anoint my ears to hear as the learned the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away anoint my pieces of my body that he, as I read about, as I confess them, I have ears to hear as the learned. And the reason I have the words of the learned is because I have the ears of the learned to better hear the voice of my God. Let me give you another one. It says here in Jeremiah 1, 6 and on, it says, the Lord said, then I said, Isaiah said, oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to all them who I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, 
I have given you, I've put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. Therefore, prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed by their faces, lest I dismay you before them. How many of you know God puts a lot of emphasis on words? If you're going to root... You're going to destroy and you're going to build. It's going to be with the power of your tongue. It's going to be the power of God's words in your mouth. The Lord told Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. I read to you, take courage. Now I read about the girl. I told you about the girl who got her arm bitten off by a shark. I told you, you saw the video of this little fella born with no arms and, and no legs. Well, how many of you know that movie, 127 Hours? I told the story here before uh, years ago, but now they made a movie about this guy who got his arm caught in the rock and he had to cut his own, break his arm and cut his own arm off to survive. How many know that's taking courage? How many know sometimes you get into a place where you, you say, how did I end up here? Why am I here? What am I going to do to get out of this? And you know, I had a situation, it was nothing like this guy went through, but I had a situation that maybe you could identify with. My wife and I, as you know, we were missionaries, 17, 18 years old. We were two years working with the Mayan and the Quechi and the Garufana tribes there in Central America. And built. we were in charge of over 22 churches. Many of them we opened ourselves, and God had used us in a mighty way. And then in 84, God told us to go to language school. So we went to language school, and when we got there, the uh, dean said, okay, well, Russell and Cindy, we're going to give you bathroom detail. And that meant that we were going to have to clean all the bathrooms. And that was one thing, you know, I thought, well, you know what, we're ex the only experienced missionaries here out of 40-something students, and we got to clean the bathroom. But, you know, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord, so we cleaned the bathroom and all that. But uh, when we came back, the churches quit supporting us, and I had to get a job. So there was this, one of the teachers, his name was Hans, and he was a big, big old Swedish guy. And he had a, a lane of carpet, he would lay carpet down for a living, and he hired me. And so I went to work for him, and he would, he would get in front of me with his tool, and he would put the carpet in place with the tool, and then I'd come, I'd have to be right behind him with a metal deal to put the carpet on top of the nails. Well, this guy, this big old guy, Hans, had a problem. His pants were too baggy and low. And when he would get down on his hands and knees, his pants and underwear would kind of get down about right here. And I would get behind, I had to stay right on his heels. And my nose was in a place I didn't want my nose to be. And I got to be honest with you. There I was studying all day, laying carpet to late at night, early in the morning with this thing. And, and I'm looking at this cracked problem situation for hours and I'm thinking God what did I do to be put here God why do you have me here in this situation why do I have to have my nose where it is every day day in day out he go well it's time to get down to work oh man I knew what that meant but how many of you have ever felt like what am I doing in this type of situation Lord, what did I do to be put here? Why am I going through this? And so many times, or how many of you ever think, like I think many times, God, I didn't sign up for this. This was not part of the program. You know, how many of you got married and then a few months or years later, a few weeks or days later, you said, I didn't sign up for this, but you know, you're signed up for it. But I want to show you what God wants to tell us here. Joshua 1.8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And you may observe that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Meditating upon the word of God day and night is what causes your words to give you strength. Let me share something with you. How many of you have ever seen those things on TV? PX90 or Insanity. These exercise programs. Well, you know, on PX90, P90X, on P90X, they make you, by, in 15 minutes, you do over 310 different types of sit-ups in 15 minutes. 
I've tried it. And he says, if you kept up, you've done 315. I said, I did 20. No, shut up. <laughs> but this is what they all say. If you want abs and they raise their shirt up and it just makes you want to sh- uh, just cock a shotgun, you know. They, they raise their shirt up and they go, if you want abs like this, you got to get extreme. If you want to get built, you got to get extreme. And it's all about extreme and all this other stuff. And I started thinking about Joshua. If you want to be able to speak a word unto your mountain, you're going to have to get extreme in the word day and night. Everybody wants the results that the people in the Bible got, but you don't understand that those people in the Bible were extreme in their meditation day and night. You got to get extreme in putting the word of God in your mouth day and night. You got to go around meditating upon the word of God so that the word of God gets down in your heart and in your spirit. And when you fall in that crisis, it's not woe is me, but greater is he. When you're going through that time and that crisis that you've been extreme upon going to church, not just Sunday morning, but Sunday night and Wednesday night and intercession on Tuesday night. And you're studying the word Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. For the word of God says you will make your way successful. You'll have great success success if you meditate if you meditate day and night oh that's just too much people even say you people are fanatics why do you have to go to church so much because if we get extreme in the word and in the spirit then the word's going to come out in the area of extreme that it says in mark 11 24 he that says unto this mountain without doubting in his heart shall have the things he desires if he doubts not Speak unto the mountain. But you're going to have to get extreme in the word. Amen. And what does that cause? Look at this. Philippians 1, 19 and 20. When you start getting extreme in the word, this is the type of word that's going to come out of your mouth. Paul had it. I know. Somebody shout out, I know. Now, you see, so many times we, in a crisis, we say we don't know. That's not the way people of faith speak who are at extreme in the word it says for i know that this will turn somebody shout out turn turn and i'll share this word with you turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of jesus christ there's the supply according say with me according according to my earnest expectation and a hope that in nothing i shall be ashamed but with all boldness As always, as always, when I'm being beat and when I'm having a feast, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or death. Shout out with me, I know. When you're meditating upon the word of God, your language starts to change. Your meditation starts to change. When you're walking with Jesus, his words become real and they become so real that they become a part of you and you find yourself speaking to the situation as Jesus would speak to the situation and believing the word of God as Jesus believed the word of God and activated it. It says in 2 Timothy 1.12, for this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I shared that word with you a while back. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Listen to what he says, for I know in whom I believe that he is able to keep that for me against that day I know shout out I know David said I know the Lord saveth his anointed Job says I know the redeemed of the Lord I know my redeemer liveth so we know that word no also the word turn now if you're taking notes this word turn it uses the word it means to turn slowly like a sundial that word turn means You may be expecting things to change like that, but the truth is some things don't change, but by speaking and believing inch by inch by inch by day by week by month. The word turn means I know this will turn for my salvation, but it doesn't mean that it may turn out immediately as you desire, but it's going to turn. You see, when it's turning slowly, you can't see it turn, but it's turning. It's turning. So that's what that word turn means. Hebrews 11.33 says their weakness was turned. Shout out with me, turned. Turn to strength. Weakness was turned to what? Strength. As you continue to meditate, as we read in Joshua upon the word of God, as you continue to speak the word of God, listen to the word of God, pray and fast and seek God, you will find that as you're speaking the word of God, things start to turn and things start to change. I read that word according. That word according is a Greek word that means conquered, submitted, and dominated. We see it also in Romans chapter 8, 28. It says, and we know, there's that word, you see them together, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who 
are called according, dominated, submitted, and conquered to his purpose. We saw in 1 John 5, 13 and 15. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according, submitted and conquered by his will, he hears us and we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. Can I hear an amen? You stay in the word until you know. You stay in the word and you surround yourself by positive believers until you're going around saying, instead of I can't, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Instead of saying it'll never happen, I believe all things are possible to, all things are possible to him that believe. You've got to stay in the word until you renew your mind by the word of God to where when you're in a crisis and when you're pushed in a corner, when something's blindsided you and you didn't know what to do, for a minute there, you may be shaken up, but praise God, the word of God start coming alive within your heart as you have been meditating on it so that you can respond with the sword of the spirit that's able to cut and the word of God that is able to keep you from falling amen, amen. then it talks about the supply of God now I want to hurry and give you this it says in Joshua 1 5 and 6 it says I won't give up on you I won't leave you strength courage somebody say strength, strength. Courage. courage when you're going through a crisis things you didn't expect when we were expecting our second child we never had any idea something was wrong. Cindy sensed something, but nothing seemed to show that it was wrong. But then when our child was born, our second son was born autistic. And we just saw this last month was the month of autism. And, and we've been watching that movie about that young lady and different things about autism and talking about it. And Brandon was autistic. He didn't start speaking until he was four or five years old. Uh, then it was just a few words and... Uh, just just different things that, that we went through. He had to go to school. They said that he would need to learn sign language because he'll never speak. Now he sings and talks, makes honor roll. The government has released him from all the different helps that they give for uh, special children. And he's just doing great in his life in school. But it was during those years when he was, you know, running into the wall, when he couldn't speak, when he couldn't be trained, when all the different things were happening in his life, his mother had strength and courage like I've never seen. When I would not know what to say and what to do at times, she would grab her child and the doctors would say, he can't do that. And she was inside, oh, yes, he can, and he would. They would say, your child will never show you affection. And it wasn't long, right, probably the same day that he reached up and rubbed her face. Your child, when they're autistic, they won't look in the eyes and they don't want to be touched. Brand always was touched, especially by his mother. And today there's a special bond there. And, and I, I love it and I see it. And, and there's, there's a, something special between Brandon and his mom. And I believe a lot of that reason is because she was courageous and strong. When they were saying that he would be in a wheelchair at 13 years old and never live a, a normal life, she had the faith and the courage to stand and believe, no, my child is going to be normal. I remember them coming to the house and I had bought Brandon a, a special puzzle. And the teacher looked at that and said, uh, the special lady said, he'll never be able to do that. When she turned around, he did it right behind her back. There was something inside of him that, you know, he's like his mother. Don't tell him what she can't do and can do, you know. So thank God, you know, he got that from her to where you're not going to tell her what he can or not, cannot do. Because when they said he couldn't do it, he did it. But there's courage and strength. We didn't ask for that. She didn't ask to then have a child another 18 months later. And we didn't, real, uh, you know, we didn't realize you know, how we're going to have two babies in diapers, two babies in bottles, and all this other stuff. But God knew what he was doing because God gave us Lance, who had the same attitude. I'm going to do what I want to do, and you're not going to tell me no. And he helped pull Brandon out of autism. When we couldn't understand Brandon when he started speaking, Lance, a baby, could interpret to his mother and I what Brandon was saying in his own language. 
There was things that was going on and happening. There was a connection between Brandon and Lance that God sent us this son as a special vessel to help his mother in her fight and I in our fight believing for our child's healing. Now, do you ever ask for those things? Did their mother, his mother, Nick's mom and dad ask for the way he was born? No, but yet God turned it around and is using it even today all around the world. And guess what? God's gonna use our son in a special way. Just like he's used so many who's been delivered and set free. Why? Because God had the devil meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good because we knew that our God is a merciful and a healing God. Amen? Strength and courage. Ephesians 6, 10 and 17. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you can be able to stand against everything the devil throws your way. Now listen to this. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. You hear this? Be prepared you're up against more than you can handle on your own take all the help you can get every weapon god has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting you'll still be on your feet truth and righteousness peace faith and salvation are more than words learn how to apply them learn how to apply them. Church, it's not enough coming to church and hearing a message. What are you doing with the word you're hearing? How are you personally taking this word and applying it? You know what? I'm not weak. You know what? I'm not giving in anymore. And you know what? If it's the fight a devil, if it's a fight the devil wants, it's a fight that the devil's going to get. I'm not going to cower under. I'm going to be courageous and strong no matter what the devil throws my way. If he thinks I'm going to give up and run away from this fight, he's mistaken. The word of God says in Ephesians, he's given me everything I need to stand against him and win and overcome in this battle. So I'm not going to be the one to cower out, but I'm going to stand so that my life ends up being a testimony for the glory of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, that word strong means inflexible, fixed, determined, bold, doubts removed to make up one's mind and to set your face like a flint. That word is strong. That word strong is used when Pharaoh, his heart was hardened. And he went through, listen to this. Pharaoh went through all the plagues and still said no. If he could endure those plagues and not even compromise... How much more should we be stronger in the power of the Lord to endure some of the things we may endure, but yet say, devil, you're not going to have me, and I'm not going to give that. You're not going to have my child, and I'm not going to give this up before you in Jesus' name. Now, I want to finish with this right quick. It says in Luke 5, 4 through 9, it says, when we finished teaching, when he finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into the deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Simon said, master, We've been. How many have ever used that word? I've been doing that. Pastor, I've been doing that. Listen, he said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. And I'll know, it was no sooner said than done, a huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners for the boats to come to help them, and they filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus, said, Master, leave. I'm a sinner. I can't handle this holiness. Wow. Leave me to myself. And when they pulled that catch of fish, all overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. So let me finish with giving you a few points. Number one, write this down. Strengthen and work on the weak spots. They were mending their nets. They were working on weak and broken nets. Why? Because they were planning on using them again. Listen, whatever you've been through that has wounded and hurt you, work on those weak spots because God is planning on using you again. Just don't go around accepting, well, you know, that's just one of, that's a weakness in my character. Everybody's got weaknesses. No, if we got weaknesses and we know them, it's because we need to work on them. 
If there are some weaknesses in our life, listen, there are books galore. There are tapes galore. There is everything free on the internet galore. You can Google anything that you need information on and you can get it. The problem is how bad do you want to mend the nets? But listen to me, you can't catch nothing if you don't have no nets. If you leave those nets to themselves, they'll never mend. If you leave your problem to itself, it will never mend. And you'll never grow stronger where you're battling weakness. So you need to mend the nets. Why? Shout with me. There will be, there will be. a next time. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. You're not counted out. You're going forward in Jesus' name. You're going to rise up and you're going to get ready and you're going forward in Jesus' name. How many of you know that right now they're playing basketball and they're playing baseball? They're not playing football right now. It's off season. But how many of you know right now in the off season, they're getting ready for the on season? Well, you're in an off season right now. If you've been frustrated and you've been fighting things in your life and you're wanting to go forward, well, I tell you what, the off season is to get you ready for the on season so that when you start into that battle and you start getting ready, you're prepared to get in it and you're prepared to win. The second thing I'm going to tell you with, stay hooked up to Jesus. Church, stay hooked up to Jesus. Don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let anybody start trying to get you into Jehovah Witness or Mormonism or any of these other, Muslim or anything else. Don't be, don't be buying in to where there's going to be one religion. Now, the devil wants there to be one religion, but there's only one name given among men that we may be saved, and it's the name of Jesus Christ. And so don't you compromise. There's only one holy word of God, and it is the written word of God called the Holy Bible, and it is the word of God. And there is only one name, and his name is Jesus. If you're going to go forward, you're going to be strong, you better get hooked up to Jesus. I've told you it before. You don't need a horoscope. You don't need a soothsayer. You don't need a palm reader. You don't need to do these different things. If you get hooked up to Jesus, he will show you how to get what you need, and he will lead you and guide you into all the perfect steps of God, and you won't have to compromise his holiness, his precious name, or his word. You won't have to be going about it man's way. Because if it's going to be a supply of the Spirit, it's going to come God's way, not your way. Amen. Number three, write this down. I don't know where you are in your life, but write this down. Number three, try again anyway. Try again anyway. You may say, I've had people say, you know what? I'll try this church, but this is the last church I'm trying. Try again anyway. If you don't stay here, try again anyway. You may say, you know what? I've given up on life. There's nothing. I can't trust nobody. Don't love nobody. Nobody love me. Try again anyway. Let God lead you and work on those strengths and bring you to another place. If you started and you failed, you got to try again anyway. How many Saints fans do we have in here? Okay, let me share something with you. How many of you know that after five years, they should have shut the Saints down? Do you know after 10 years, they were given tickets away. They couldn't sell them. Do you know 15 years, the saints still didn't look any better. Y'all remember? I mean, year after year after year after year after year. But how many of you know, because the saints, since 1967, was it? Since 1967, the saints didn't quit. And how many of you know, we made it to the Super Bowl? Huh? After 36 years or 35, 35, 36 years, the saints, the saints made it and won the Super Bowl. Why? They tried again anyway. People laughed, they tried again anyway. They'd hire, they fired coaches, but they kept trying and they made it to the Super Bowl. Listen, you might be in your 36th year or your 36th marriage, I don't know. But wherever you are, don't quit. Just try again anyway. If the saints can do it, you can do it. Amen? Listen, if you're wondering, how can I go on with life? Let me tell you something. These guys are motivational believers. The word of God motivates you. You can read books that motivate you. You can see videos and movies that motivate you. Girl with one arm, bit off by a shark. Three, hour, three weeks later, she's skiing again, uh, surfing again. You can read and see all these things that motivate you. But let me tell you something, young people. You can look to Jimi Hendrix. You can look to Narnia or you can look to any of these things. I don't know. You can, you can look at all these things to inspire you. But let me tell you something. Only Jesus can keep you eternally inspired. I have served him since I was six years old, and I am hooked on Jesus. Nothing and nobody can give me the high and the joy and the inner peace and the satisfaction of Jesus Christ. 
Hard times, I've had my hard times. Battles, I've had my battles. Tears, I've cried my tears. Depression, time and time again. You name it, I've gone through it. But I can tell you one thing. Because I've been hooked on Jesus, there is nothing that can inspire me more than him and his word. So every time I fall, I know I'm going to get up again. And every time I say I quit, I know I won't because Jesus is right there to inspire me over and over and over. And if you ever feel like it's not enough... All you have to do is go to Hebrews chapter 12, where it says where Jesus, even though he was perfect and pure, he endured such a contradiction against himself, and he endured the cross, he endured the whipping, he endured the bleeding blood out of the sweat pores of his body, but he set his face like a flint. He was determined, and he set his face for the joy of being crucified for you and I. If that doesn't motivate you, if that doesn't inspire you, nothing else will. He is the inspiration of everything now this guy Nick he tried drowning himself in the bathtub when he was 10 years old about that same time he thought about jumping off the bar his mom would put him on the counter as she would cook and he thought about if he'd fall down he'd break his neck and he would die but then he looked at his mom and says how could I do that to her but yet he said what life do I have and he went through many years of depression if he would have killed himself he would have never believed at 10 and 11 and 12 years old if somebody would have came up to him and said, Nick, you're going to go to India and Africa and China and you're going to travel the world and you're going to preach in front of crowds of 25 and 30,000 people. He, dare, he couldn't see that when he wanted to drown himself. He wouldn't believe that he'd ever be skiing, playing golf and doing so many horseback riding, so many things that he, it looked like he would have to be taken care of as an infant vegetable all of his life. If somebody would have told him because of his testimony, he was going to better save thousands at a time and see them come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But what got him at 16 years old, what got him in the ministry, is he was invited to share his testimony at a church in California. And when he went up to give his testimony, they brought a mother and a dad with a little bundle. They went up to Nick, and they showed Nick this baby, and this baby had no arms and no legs and even had the little chicken foot like he did. It was the same. He saw himself as a baby. And he was able to tell that mom and dad that that baby was going to grow up and be something important. And then his parents was able to minister to that baby's parents to tell them, we've been through it. And we will help you in any way you need help. And it saved that parents, and it gave them hope. And later on, him and that boy is riding skateboards together. That baby grew up. You never know what you've gone through that is going to inspire somebody. And if he would have committed suicide, he would have. Ne- there are souls in heaven because of a boy with no arms and no legs. This preaches. Don't give up where you are or where you ever find yourself. Don't let crisis make you into nothing. Let it make you into somebody for the glory of God. We're all going to go through crisis. We're all going to go through suffering. We're going to go through moments where we're hurting and in total agony just want to give up. But listen, you don't see the end of Job yet. If you hang in there, you will. But the Lord wants you to know you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to get the language of the strong. You're going to have to get courageous. And courage means you're going to have to believe for what you don't see or even feel or even hear. But yet you expect it by faith. Would you stand up, please? I just ask you to just stand up and to bow your head this morning. I pray this message was an encouragement to you. I, I was in no way trying to offend or compare you to what, what you're going through. It's nothing compared to this young man, not at all. I wanted to give this young man as an inspiration that we could all make it. That wherever you are, whatever you're hurting, you might have been to court this week. You, you might be going through something that is not fair. You might be saying, you know what? I, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't expect this. I'm out of here. I pray for you today that God will give you strength to endure and to stand and to keep going forward.
every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, I want to pray for you at first. If you're here today and you say, preacher, pray for me. I feel like I'm at one of my weakest moments right now. I'm so discouraged at myself. I'm so discouraged at my life. I'm so discouraged where I find myself today. I need you to pray for me because I'm just down. And I need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody to lift me up. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. Oh, I look at hands. Just, just keep your eyes closed and bowed. Hands all over this place. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Just raise them up to God. Raise them up to Jesus. Raise them up to Jesus. You're saying, I, I don't know how to continue. I want to be strong, but I don't know how. Heavenly Father, I pray for all of these that raised their hands. And Father, they raised them immediately. You know them. You know what they're going through. You you know everything about them and everything about their crisis and their situation. Lord, they're here right now and they raise their hands because they, they are asking you for divine strength and the supply of the Spirit to be able to stand and to fight this battle that they're going through. I ask you, Father God, by the power of your grace and because of the greatness of your name, Jesus, that you just infill them with hope and expectancy that in nothing they shall be ashamed or come behind in. Lord, whatever their situation is, whatever their crisis, whatever has brought them down to their knees or to their, even to their face, that they're crying out right now to be saved and to be delivered of this, this bondage, this, uh, this thing that is just tormenting them, this frustration in their life. I ask you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you just right now, Holy Spirit, infill them with a revelation, knowledge of your word that they will read scripture today and even tomorrow and every time when they need it, they will read scripture that will just all of a sudden infuse them with strength and energy. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that is that dunamis, that dynamite power that's operative and working that we come behind in no gift. I just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to baptize and refill each and every one of us in fresh fire, fresh hope that, Lord, we can believe in you, doubting nothing as we speak unto our mountains. I thank you for courage strength in each one of these and I pray and ask this in Jesus name and I give you praise and glory in Jesus name can you give the Lord praise give him praise thank you for it in Jesus name Jesus name now one more time if you just bow your head close your eyes I've got to speak to you I want to end but I cannot stop before I first tell you about a savior who loved you who gave his life for you and died on Calvary for you who shed his blood that you may be saved. He is everything. And he wants to be everything to you. If you're here today, I want to invite you to raise your hand to proclaim that I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need forgiveness of my sins. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Just raise your hand right there where you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else today? Just raise your hand right there where you are. I need Jesus into my heart as Lord and Savior. God bless you, young man. Hands are being raised across this place this morning. Those who want Jesus. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about Jesus who loves you and he gave his blood so that he could wash away every stain. That you don't have to leave here ever shamed or living under the guilt or the pain of your past. I want to tell you about the blood of Jesus that is able to redeem you, rescue you, forgive you and cover you. I want to tell you about a Savior who loves you. And he proved it by dying on the cross. If there's anyone else today, you say, I've got to get my life right with God. Would you raise your hand? Anyone else at all? Raise your hand. If you raised your hand, would you come forward and let us pray with you? Come forward. Those who raised their hands all through here, would you come? Come stand up here. Come stand up here and let me pray with you. Those who raised their hands, would you come stand up here and let me pray with you? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There was those who raised their hand. Would you come? Others. There was a number of people raised their hand. Would you please come? Heads bowed. Christians praying. There was a number of people. Come, come and pray the prayer of salvation today. Come and receive Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. Come. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come. If you want your daddy to come with you, he can come with you. If you want a friend to come with you, he can come with you, she can come with you. You don't have to come alone. 
We got people who will stand with you right here. You won't be alone. I know this crowd can be intimidating. I know this crowd can be intimidating, but please come now. We have people with you. We're for you. We want to be your family. Those who raise their hand, come, come. Come and receive Christ. Come and receive life. Anyone else at all? Anyone else at all? self-condemnation so hard on yourself blaming yourself I speak over you I say in Jesus name you are not a failure as a mother or a wife I remove those words off of you in Jesus name there it goes let it go let it go let it go you're not a failure you're not a failure let it go There shall be restoration again. You shall see your child again. Restore her body, spirit, mind, and soul, Father. Lord, as she gave her heart to you last week, I thank you that you are doing a deep work within her. And even now, there's a brokenness that brings forth a healing. There is a healing as she is crying deep unto deep and every tear is saved in your bottle. I ask you for a deep, complete healing and restoration to her and her her baby, Lord. I ask you, Father, Lord, just to restore her life, restore her hope, and Quinique, have your dreams restored. Life is not over. Daughter of God, life is not over. It's only a new beginning. Mend your net and try again. Mend your heart. Mend your heart and try again. Mend your mind and try again. Mend your self-love and try again. Mend your self-image and try again. I praise you, Potter, for the perfect work of your mighty hands in her life and upon her life. And I pray this for each and every one of us here in this building today, right now that you're amending the brokenhearted. You're amending the bruise and the pain of those hurting and in agony. You're amending mothers. You're amending mothers right now. You're amending fathers right now. You're amending marriages right now. You're amending hope and faith and love. You're amending the cry of desperation out of many here today. You're amending that they can live again, try again, believe again, go forward, go forward, go forward go forward in Jesus name in Jesus name just raise your hand right there right now as I've been praying this is for you too just cry out Father mend my broken heart Father mend my broken spirit Father mend mend the hurting in my life heal it heal Lord heal my hurt heal my pain just give it to Jesus right now give it to Jesus right now let him mend you Let him fix you. Let him fix you. He said, I came to mend the brokenhearted. Deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to those who have lost sight. Lord, I just ask you right now, those who have no hope, may they believe in hope and see forth in hope. That there is a tomorrow, there is a future. Those parents who are battling with their children that may even be in jail today, I ask you to mend the brokenness and mend them from the fear of failure and Lord the hurt of being a failure as a mom or a dad those parents who are beating themselves up because they feel like they have failed that their children did not end up like they had hoped 
I ask you right now, Father, in Jesus' name, to heal those hurts and those pains all over. Raise your hand and receive it right now. All over this auditorium right now, right now, right now. Healing, healing of the bruises and the wound from your falling. Oh, even from defeats. Healing, mending from failure. They had worked day and night trying to catch something. They have worked day and night and yet failed. Yeah, but Jesus came and healed them. Right now in Jesus' name. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to bless you. Just receive it right now. Jesus, precious name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And let the weak say, let the sick say, let the wounded say, let the hurt say. Oh, just bow out. Thank God for restoration right now. Shout out, I'm restored. You are restoring me. You are restoring me. You are restoring me. You are restoring me. Hallelujah. You are not a failure. Somebody shout out, I'm a winner. I'm an overcomer. Look at your neighbor and say, take courage. Take courage. Be strong. Be strong. Hallelujah. Were you ready to get out of here strong? You feel encouraged? You going to go on? No quitting, amen? Hallelujah. More than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, tonight we've got another fresh word for you. We love you and we bless you. Love you so much. Thank God for your victory. And Brother Jake's going to dismiss us.